Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. Today, we are looking at the gospel reading for the first Sunday of Advent. It comes from Mark 13, verses 24 through 37. And here, Jesus is preparing his disciples for a world-altering event that is about to happen. In fact, throughout this chapter, Jesus has been describing a coming time when the world will be dark. And it's really intense language. The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. The reading is urgent and that is perhaps why it is placed here at the beginning of Advent. This is a season about the anticipation of Christ's coming. And with that comes the anticipation of judgment, a revealing so that we and the world may be healed. Now, many scholars believe that with his apocalyptic description, Jesus is pointing to a future event that he foresees. And we see in 70 AD a significant event that may match this description, and that is the destruction of the Jerusalem temple. This would have been a cataclysmic moment in Israel's history. The temple in Jerusalem was the center of everything. It was the center of their economic system, a symbol of national pride, and it was their entire religious identity. The temple was God with us. It was the place where heaven and earth meet, the place of forgiveness, healing, community, and restoration. And a generation after Jesus died and rose again, Roman armies came through and decimated Jerusalem, destroying the temple. Hence, Jesus' words that this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. The destruction of the Jerusalem temple kicked off a time of devastation for Israel. Economic collapse, famine, families torn apart. So, As we think about it that way, this description does not describe, as many of us may have thought, the end of the world. This is not a direct reference to the second coming. Often we are led to think that the world will end in devastation. That's often how we tend to think apocalyptically. We're like, the the world's just going to get really, really, really bad and worse and worse and worse, and then the world will end. And some Christians would say, then God would rescue us from that devastation. So when devastating things happen in our world, we often take pause. We ask ourselves, is this it? Is this the last days? But in light of the broader Christian hope, we know that the end of the world as we know it is actually a good thing. It means that God is coming to renew and restore the world. And that means that devastation does not mark the end. In fact, devastation actually means the opposite. It means it can't be the end. So what is the point here? Well, Jesus is showing us something. This wonderful temple used by God, a part of Israel's history, this thing that was a signpost that pointed to Jesus, it is not the ultimate point. Jesus is the point. And here's where things might get a little muddled. We said this is not a direct reference to the second coming of Jesus, but on a deeper level, it is about that. There seems to be this constant theme when it comes to cataclysmic events in the Bible that these events show us 
that God is the only one that we can trust. This is also true for all kinds of many apocalypses in our lives. And in the end, all the things we believed that we could trust will be revealed for what they are. Some things that are harmful, broken, and dark. Some things which are good and even part of God's new world, but not the ultimate thing. And it raises the question, what do we do when it feels like our whole world is coming crashing down? Through the fall of the temple, Israel would see that Jesus, not the temple, was God's true representative. The temple could no longer stand in that place. This is important because the temple, although it was ordained by God, had been used in those recent years for all sorts of broken purposes by a few leaders within the community. It had been used as a symbol of national pride, undergirding an us-versus-them mentality. The good, God-designed thing had become an anti-gospel thing. How does this happen? When good things become the point, they can become an idol, and they can become warped away from their goodness. The good news of Advent is something better is coming. In fact, the best thing is coming. Look, God is doing a new thing. And he invites us to participate in that new thing here and now, even as that participation is in the midst of suffering. The signs Jesus is pointing to, the twigs on the fig tree becoming tender and the leaves coming out, point us back to other images in chapter 12. My friend, Father Paul Paino, drew my attention to the word tender and Jesus' description of a tree that is vulnerable. It is prepared to grow leaves. The devastation that they are experiencing is not the end, but vulnerability is the beginning of something better. What if we allowed our vulnerable places and difficult experiences to remind us of the great hope we have, of the one who will remain? Tenderness is not the end, it's the beginning. The temple was not only seen as the meeting place between heaven and earth, but actually also as a replica of heaven and earth itself. See Psalm 78, 69. So to lose the temple was in some sense to lose the world itself and certainly to lose one's connection to God. Still, Jesus says, even if everything falls away, his words will not pass away. I love Gregory the Great points out that to us, the heavens and the earth seem like the thing that could never go away. It's everything. It's our everything. And there are particular things in our lives at any given moment that feel like everything. By contrast, words to us are nothing. People can speak something and it means nothing. Words are fleeting. They're spoken and they're gone. But in Jesus' description, there's a great reversal. That somehow, Jesus' words last way beyond all the things we know, heaven and earth. This is all deeply important for us every day. This passage must not simply stay in the historical. Okay, that's a thing that happened in 70 AD when a building was destroyed. And it's also not just about the future. Okay, this is how the, quote, end times will shake out. No. Many of us have experienced great loss in our lives. We've experienced times in our lives where it feels like the sun has darkened and the moon doesn't even give its light, where it feels like everything we've known or felt secure in has been shaken. The stars have fallen from the sky. All the heavenly bodies have been shaken. 
this is really real. And it's important to acknowledge and sit with that pain. Now, this pain that we experience is not the result of the judgment of God. That's not what I'm saying. No. But there is a question that happens in the midst of pain. All right, in the midst of all this that I'm facing, who can I trust? Where is my hope? What happens when the thing I've relied upon is no longer there? This is where judgment does contain light in the midst of darkness. The revealing of brokenness in our lives and the world makes way for what is completely true. And that's Jesus and his word. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.